You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. Hungry for adventure? Then travel to a la carte, the charming land below the floating city of heavenly delight, and join the young cook ramen for her daily dose of wacky hijinks in the new series Delicious! With a cast of eccentric, strong female characters, this wonderfully illustrated comedy comic will be out in July, but you can pre-order now by clicking the banner on the page for this podcast. Get the limited hardcover first edition, plus free stickers and an art print as a gift. Wow, stickers! A perfect gift for your child, or those of you who are forever young at heart. One of us strongly recommends this one. Ready Player One, HBO Max edition. Also the Looney Tunes. <laughs> Seriously, so many cameos in here are just from Ready Player One, just repurposed back into Space Jam. I mean, yeah. I, I just appreciated that this was Warner Brothers admitting, yes, clearly we've been making movies off an algorithm for years because that's just no other way to explain how terrible Warner Brothers has looked for the last decade. I, you guys make fun of it. I, I see. A, I see Warner Brothers' greatest pastime continually taking advantage of their IP. They've been doing this forever. <laughs> Looney Tunes is not stranger to them. We, they used to do, Bugs Bunny used to do Superman parodies. Yeah, so did Daffy. <laughs> Sometimes you just gotta laugh at the cynicism. Yeah, and this is a very cynical review for a very cynical movie. Space Jam, <laughs> a new legacy. So, okay. This is a little personal history here. One of my earliest memories of doing a, I'm going to say, Quoty Fingers date that I ever went on was going with a girl who I liked when I was a young kid and her family to go see Space Jam, the original one in theaters. So I'm a bit nostalgic for Space Jam, and I can admit, it's not a great movie, but for what it is, being also a kind of shameless commercial for Looney Tunes, it was all right. You know, it, it had the bare minimum of storytelling competency. Oh, man. I <laughs> I was going to ask about this before, if what y'all's relationship was to the original Space Jam. I don't have much of one, and I think I watched it for the first time as an adult, and it is bad. <laughs> like, it's, I, I think that this Space Jam might be even a bit better than that original Space Jam. Having only seen, Ooh. I've seen both of them as adults. No nostalgia tied to it. I watched sure. last year. And that's why I'm trying to be fair, because I haven't rewatched Space Jam for quite a while. Yeah, now. I watched it last year during the pandemic, because my girlfriend, on the other hand, has major nostalgia for it. I did go see this in the theater. But yeah, I don't know. It, I, I'm not ready to be like, oh yeah, first Space Jam, kid classic, and this one's pure trash. I think we're just way past being kids watching this. And also it has the ickiness of like, here's all this IP, you know, <laughs> to it, which the original didn't have as much of. No, the only IP they were flaunting was Looney Tunes and then Nike and Burger King and a couple other brands. Bill, <laughs> and know? Bill Murray. 
<laughs> and Bill Murray, yeah. he's a brand on his own. <laughs> yeah, honestly, like the first one I have nostalgia for because my family, you know, the rest of my family are kind of sports people. And the first one is like, I think the first one actually understands like and makes fun of basketball and has fun with basketball better. And baseball. <laughs> and, well, and baseball because they make fun of how terrible the idea of Michael Jordan playing baseball even was. But <laughs> this one, it's like, yeah, like it does a lot about how cool, you know, LeBron James is, which he is. He's a pretty cool guy in pop culture and his, you know, sport. But everything else about this movie is just like, cool. And here's the Looney Tunes. And then here's all the money that Warner Brothers used to make. Michael Jordan's story, you know, for as lame as an actor he was in the movie, he's almost a little bit humanized with his whole baseball arc storyline because we know that's the thing that happened. And they kind of use that to give some form of character development for him by the end of the film. In this one, LeBron is just awesome. All the way through. He's the best. He's the greatest. Like, they have to spell it out on numerous occasions. He's an entrepreneur. He's a great dad. He's a great person. He's the best basketball player ever. It's like cradling the balls extra tight this time. But, like, the whole point of the movie is that he's not as great as a dad as he... I mean, that's, like, the plot. That's the... What's at stake here in the movies is him connecting with his son about something other than basketball. He's not a good listener. He's, he's very, yeah, he he's won't, very he stubborn. He won't send his son to the imaginary E3 camp that he wants to go through. <laughs> yeah, which also is almost a weirder thing for him to let him be shit on for is for being a bad dad compared to being bad at another sport or being bad, like, you know, publicity things. Like, if he didn't, if he just turned on Warner Brothers because he didn't understand working in cinema or something, that'd be great. Yeah. Instead, it's like, oh, no, I chose to be portrayed as a bad father in this movie, actively as myself. It's like, It oh. does make me a little curious if that is something that he, if it's at all personal or if it's a pure cash. Because this movie, I got to say, I, I didn't hate my time at the movies with this, but I found it really interesting the whole time. And I think the coolest thing about this movie is how trying to like decipher how self-aware it is or isn't because like Ben was joking about how they're admitting that an algorithm picks their movies or like their storylines like Netflix and studios literally do that to find for mm -hmm. like there are algorithms and them pitching essentially this type of thing to LeBron in the movie being like hey let's put you with a bunch of RIP and him being like that's a bad idea but that's what this movie is is really weird it's a weird thing that is are Warner Brothers self-aware do they know that like, it's such a strange thing. Let's segue that into actually talking about what the synopsis is before we get too far into it. Because that is basically the plot, is that LeBron James, we get a flashback as a child for him, just like in the original Space Jam, where he learns a harsh lesson about video games are awful and you should only focus on basketball, pretty much. And so that plays into his relationship with his son, who wants to build video games, and he's like, no, you shouldn't do that. Video games are awful. You should only play basketball. And he gets pitched the idea from Warner Brothers, where they're going to launch their... HBO Max Super Version, Warner 3000, which has a poster for the original Space Jam in there, so it exists in the continuity of this universe. But he rejects the idea. The algorithm, who is sentient and played by Don Cheadle, of all people, decides, oh, that's awful. You know what? I'm going to kidnap LeBron James's son and put him in the world to play basketball with them because we have to find an excuse to play basketball. Well, you kidnapped LeBron James. Come on. Yeah. Well, as I'm saying, they did, it's the flimsiest excuse to try and justify why this should happen. But he gets sent with the rejects, you know, in Quotey Fingers, which is apparently the Looney Tunes of all people, not any of the other many rejects in the HBO library. And he decides he wants to help them or get their help for reasons I cannot understand other than it's Space Jam and they want to have Looney Tunes in there because... On the other hand, Bugs Bunny actually has an arc that the Looney Tunes, very much like the Muppets in 2011, 
have all split up and they're in various worlds and they have to go and collect them all and bring them in for the basketball tournament. And that's the plot. Because then they do that and then the basketball tournament goes on for an hour of this two-hour movie. It. That's also the high point of the movie and then a game of basketball. I was going to say, as far as all the IP is concerned, there is a very logical excuse for all that, which is you guys say IP and franchises, the soulless terms of the millennial generation. What I see are universes. <laughs> the the Game of Thrones universe, the Stephen King universe, the the whatever the Flintstones uh, uni- universe that is. What's that? Hanna Barbera. Yeah, because well, clearly, when you want universes to collide, you want the super kid friendly Looney Tunes and Flintstones to collide with the super unkid friendly Game of Thrones and Rick and Morty and everything else in this movie. <laughs> yeah, kids watch all that. Yeah, I I honestly found that kind of fun. Like, I while I'm <sighs> still kind of pooping on the bits of the movie, like. I, as I said, I think the part where they're recollecting the Looney Tunes is one of the best parts of this movie. I think it's actually a good movie because it, those mashups actually are really fun with them in the different universe, especially the DC one where it's very Bruce Tim art style when it's all 2D. It's also when LeBron doesn't have to act as much because <laughs> he's basically just being frustrated by Bugs Bunny where, yeah, him not being able to act kind of plays him as a better straight man for Bugs being kind of losing his mind from losing his friends and all the different universes actually work well where they pick some fun combos that I think actually kind of work. I'm going to push back a little bit on that because I think that's an interesting concept, but the problem is, and what kind of bugged me about it, is that A, the stuff where it's original content, like that whole DC world thing, could have been a good idea if it was longer or had more of a purpose to it. And B, that the other universes they go to, except for like two, are just repurposed stock footage from the movie and they insert a Looney Tune in it. And that kind of came off as incredibly lazy compared to the other, like compared to when they actually put real animation into the movie. Yeah, to me that kind of comes back to what I was saying about how self-aware they are because it's Speedy Gonzalez and the Granny are in the Matrix, but it's also very shameless. It's just like very yeah. easy, but it is still fun. It's like low-hanging fruit. It's still fruit. <laughs> it's just easy to get. <laughs> we're, we're, we're seeing fruit just in seeing that his parents grab the belt. He's like, oh, something bad's going to happen soon. <laughs> He's watching all this integration happening in front of him. I see. Again, I would have liked that idea, except one, we've seen other movies do it better. And two, it oh, oh, highlights one of my biggest problems with this movie is that the Looney Tunes are not really in this movie very much. Like, mm-hmm. they, they have a driving force after maybe, what, 30 minutes into the plot? But then... They're kind of pushed aside regularly for LeBron James and all the other IP stuff, only to cut back to go, oh, yeah, the Looney Tunes are also in this story. Here you go. They get a big ending at the basketball game where they have to be Looney to, you know, win. Yeah, but even then, that felt like it it was so long to get there that I'm just like, man, I really wish this was a Looney Tunes movie. My biggest issue with the brand integration is how they try to continue it at the basketball game, Mm -hmm. where it's so clearly, like just random extras that they dressed up to look like Matrix guys and zombies. Terrible cosplay costumes. That was hilarious. These are so clearly not the people you just saw in those clips directly from the movie. The fact that you just use real clips from the movie shows me how much these are not those people. You could have just digitally ripped them out and put, you know, had somebody rotoscope all these, especially when this movie's been in production for basically a decade. And they didn't do that. They had, like, the cheapest, like, guy on Hollywood Boulevard Mm -hmm. costume equivalents in the back. (laughs) background behind Don Cheadle the whole time of the basketball game. That dude playing Pennywise looked like some dude in like 
like flower makeup. Like, like he just painted a bunch of flour on it. I was gonna talk about Pennywise. Do you, you guys did you watch the extras? They were just like either they were standing still or they were going ham. The guy playing Pennywise for some reason is just shaking the entire scene. Yeah, he's just. <laughs> <laughs> I do I do want to talk about how at least mention it's been like in the trailers forever and we've already talked about I just want to reiterate how incredibly strange it is that the droogs from Clockwork Orange are in this kids movie and like the nuns from the devils that is like so Man, Rick Sanchez is in this weird <laughs> yeah ser- seriously there's so much adult content in here I'm like Oh, yeah, but Lola Bunny and Pepe Le Pew are the worst things that they could have put in this movie, right? And it's so strange because that comes back to, like, my whole algorithm deciding this movie. That stuff's clearly in there just for movie nerds to be like, ooh, I, maybe I should watch it so I could try to spot all the references. There's, like, someone who would never watch it. They see the Drews in a trailer. It's, it's, like, it's shameless. It's they're, it's just selling the movie to as many people as possible. Still having said that, I didn't hate there it. There is the sad reality that more kids have probably seen the new season of Rick and Morty than they have the new season of the Looney Tune shorts. Oh, of course. Yeah, which, to be fair, okay, just because we said it, there is a Rick and Morty cameo in this, and it's the only time I laughed really hard in this movie, mostly at the audacity that they would include Rick and Morty in this. I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> kind of it does make sense. He, Rick Sanchez is all about the money. I want to talk about LeBron James for a second here because King James. the thing that he's not a king at is acting because my goodness, this dude, because, okay, they clearly saw a train wreck, you know, when he had his cameo and train wreck there. And they said, hey, in two of the three scenes he's in, he's actually kind of charming. He's kind of funny. You know, that, that last scene with Monty Broderick was total crap, but it's like, okay, Maybe he has the charisma to actually be, like, the one basketball star who can actually act. That didn't happen in this movie. <laughs> no. I mean, they're asking a lot. Like, train. I was thinking about because he's legit good in Trainwreck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he's also performing with people in real-life situations. I think it's a lot to ask of a amateur actor. Be like, he has to say stuff like, Bugs Bunny, help me save my son. Let's get King Kong to play basketball. It's, like, ridiculous. And it's hard to sell that if you're not an actor at all. You know, Don Cheadle can sell it. We're, we're comparing his mediocre performance in this movie to Michael Jordan's, I'll say, horrendous performance. Like, okay, here's the thing. Michael Jordan's not better than LeBron James, but I think Michael Jordan's story in the movie was better than LeBron James's story. What is Michael Jordan fighting for in that first movie? Personal redemption and trying to overcome his own creative slump. Like, that's the thing. It's like, it's not a deep story, but... Part of the problem with the way they do LeBron's story in here is that his whole arc with his son would almost work if there was better actors for either of their roles. Because his son's also really not very good in this movie either. Well, can I say it? His son is like, he's so mad. Dad, you wouldn't send me to E3 camp. You you haven't asked me about that. We planned basketball camp and you never said anything. We're going to basketball camp. It's like, <laughs> I, I hate to be that guy who's like, yeah, kid, you, you probably should just maybe ask about the thing instead of expect your dad to know about this camp that no one knows exists. Yeah, that, that's why I say Michael Jordan's story was better in the original Space Jam, because that felt like something he had to work towards to get, b- build up confidence to it. Now, guys, 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 really quick. You look at his son, and you know he's not a basketball player. Why, why is his dad sending him the basketball camp? Look at his room. You saw his room. There are three. There are four computer screens. There, There's a big missteps in LeBron's parenting here. <laughs> yeah, but and that's again, that's why it's hard to relate to his story because he's just such a bad parent in this movie. It, it, well, we only know he's a bad parent to that son. We we barely know anything about the other kids, and even his wife, like what's her name, Sinequa Martin Green, she's in this, and she actually is kind of good in the few moments she's in the movie. 
but she's only in like three scenes. How many good live action performances are there in children's movies? Really? It's always so broad and like it's it, they're few and far between. And I give him a little slack because, like, one, he's not really an actor. Well, you, it depends on what you classify for, like, live-action performances in children's films because there are some good ones. But, yeah. I, I, you know, and that's the thing. Like, LeBron James, look, he's an amateur actor. That's that's part of the thing is that he can't carry a whole film by himself, especially when he turns into a cartoon and his acting actually gets worse at that point. Where oh, I thought it was better. Yeah, I liked it better when he was a cartoon. I thought the voice acting was way better than the live-action. I think it's because it's a little easier. Know, there's that part when he's, like, falling down the canyon he's just... Ah, uh, just like that. Which, here's the thing, though, that brings out, though, like another crazy, stupid issue with this movie. When Don Cheadle showing them, like, our dream for you, King James, is like, it's a CGI version of, you know, LeBron James. I'm like, okay, I kind of get that. And then, like, you got all the cartoons, you got cartoon LeBron James, and I do think he was working better as a cartoon because he had to work less to emote. It was more just using him as a straight man. They get to the basketball game, and Don Cheadle's immediately like, we have to upscale all the Looney Tunes, the CGI, to full 3D. And I was like, unnecessary. But I guess they're doing that to get CGI LeBron James to play with them for the CGI one he made. No. He literally just makes it back to regular LeBron James. And I'm like, look, I get he doesn't play basketball, but you couldn't just use the 3D model for that so you didn't have to have him act poorly again? Like... Somebody somewhere just said we need more LeBron on screen, and it felt so unnecessary and forced to make them 3D Looney Tunes and then make it regular LeBron. I completely disagree here, and here's why. It, it adds to the idea of making these uh, iconic figures sell out. You saw how the internet reacted when they showed the 3D images of them? They lost their goddamn minds for 20 minutes of this movie. Yeah, because a lot of the 3D was not rendered very well, unfortunately. Like, some of it looked really good, but there's certain character models where they emote even less than LeBron James does in the movie. And when you get them turned turn through, you get one of the few jokes that works when Daffy Duck says, Ooh, I look expensive. It's like, <laughs> it's one of the few... Okay, that part was fun. It's one of the few jokes that legit land in the movie, so... Maybe it's all worth it just for that. Yeah, and that brings to the problem that I felt that the dialogue writing was pretty weak throughout a lot of this. Like, they clearly gave the comedian, like, more of the comedian characters more improv to do. And then everyone else, they just had these very basic kind of dialogue for them. Very, very modern, very, you know, lowest common denominator kind of stuff. Like, they, they, they reference Big Chungus for Bugs Bunny. They have, you know, he does the hammer dance dance kind of thing. They have very basic puns. It's just... Just not a terribly well-written script. How dare you bring up points I can't defend against? <laughs> <laughs> but that's my point, Doug. <laughs> you know, using real again, shit over here. How dare you, Alan? Please lead us to final thoughts, and we can segue. <laughs> I'm not being hard in this movie at all because I was expecting almost nothing. I was dreading having to watch Porky Pig rap, uh, oh. and then the movie happened, and I chuckled a few times. I kind of got bored a little bit, but then I chuckled again, and then it was over. And I and I'm also like I'm a basketball fan, so I knew all those people were. Yeah, I could defend LeBron's terrible acting because it's again, it's just like a mediocre kids movie. It's not. This is not for me in any way. I have no nostalgia for the first one. I don't have children. I'm not a child. So this is just not aimed at me at all. The only thing is like the basketball stuff, which is like oh, this is like the shots of LeBron is like oh, that's kind of funny. And then Speedy Gonzalez in the Matrix is like oh, that's kind of funny. Like fine. Six and a half out of ten brand integrations. Hmm. Uh, I'll go ahead for this next part here. I, you know, it's less even that this movie is offensively bad because it's not offensively bad. 
it's just completely forgettable. Like, honestly, there were maybe, like, two moments when I laughed really hard at this and maybe, like, one other, one or two other chuckles. And everything else, I kind of just had this blank expression on my face. It was just, it was there. It was present. It was a lot of flashy colors. It's shot by a professional cinematographer who knows how to make the colors work. So that's cool. Once you get to the second half with the basketball game, which is this incredibly freaking long kids movie, it just feels like they throw all the rules out because they're just like, oh, we can pretty much do anything in this game then there's no tension because you don't know how the game is played. They barely explain it to you in this story. The celebrity voice they got, I mean, Gabriel Iglesias was in this movie as Speedy Gonzalez for, like, five lines. <laughs> you know, that's all right. Hey, at least they got a Mexican, finally. I know. Well, that's, that's fine. Sure, I don't mind that. I just It just literally could have been anybody. But then also I kind of felt the same way about Zendaya as Lola Bunny, where, you know, regardless of the redesign stuff, I'm not bothered by that. It was fine. You know, it was kind of a pointless redesign. But I always felt Zendaya was just playing Zendaya as Lola Bunny, for the most part. I'm just like, okay, it could, again, it could have really been anybody playing that role. The only actor I really liked in this movie, and I kind of hated his character, but Don Cheadle is chewing the scenery in this movie. Like, for, for how weak a character he is on paper, he really pulls out all the stops to be as hammond and over-the-top as possible as a character in this movie. So that bumped it up another point from where I was. And the only thing that really bumped it down to a point other than the ending was the <clears throat> Michael Jordan cameo that happened in this movie. <laughs> that was such a... Like, the instant I saw the outline, I'm like, I know what the punchline is. Yeah. Okay. Four out of ten very bored-looking Steven Yens <laughs> in this movie. Because he clearly didn't want to be there. <laughs> I have some nostalgia for the original one. I know it's bad. Like, I've watched it again, and I know it's... It really does not hold up well. Michael Jordan's acting, when you when you actually are old enough to put together what good acting is, uh, like, really goes, oh, you're kind of not good at this. And I'd love to say, like, part of it I know is I knew more about basketball, you know, what was it, 20 years ago when the original one came out? 30, almost? Yeah, 1996. So. Yeah, so, I mean, I knew more about basketball, so all the players that were brought in or stolen their abilities to be the Monstars, I knew them better. So it meant something to me. These other players, like, I knew a couple of them, but they really didn't mean as much to me. To the credit of this movie, it didn't need a Wayne Knight character or have a Wayne Knight character, so that's better for As much as I like Wayne Knight, he's terrible in the original movie. This movie just... It's just there, honestly. Like, I have no ill will towards the Space Jam. I expected to hate it. I really did. And honestly, for a large part of the middle segment, I didn't. I thought it was fine. I was worried it was going to be all the terribleness of him, like, dealing with his kids, where he kind of, he's supposed to be, like, the disconnected dad, which doesn't seem to be anything that they play up otherwise about LeBron James. Um, I expected it to be as bad as the whole basketball game really felt, because as you said, it's disconnected as a weird mechanic that makes no sense, and you're like, well, you know they're going to win it back, even if they're in this giant hole for no reason, and it makes no sense. We don't even get to see them score most of those 36 points they make, when it's like, could have at least shown us that they're still winning a little bit on fundamentals, but they're losing, you know, on the bonus points, or some bullshit. But they don't. It's just kind of depressing when you get to the basketball scene. Like, there's no build-up. At very least, the original Space Jam made it kind of fun by going really over the top. Yeah. And this, it just it just feels like really bad Spy Kids CGI to me when you get there. And I don't know. Uh, I can't say if you have kids, don't watch this, because I still had some fun with it. It wasn't amazing fun, but, you know, if you got kids, enjoy it. Otherwise, I, the most I can give it is 5.5 out of 10 really weird basketball mutants.
As opposed to regular basketball movie events. I had a fun time. I, you know, I was watching this with the family and they seemed to enjoy it. LeBron's acting didn't bother me very much. His son's acting didn't bother me. Don Cheadle was so good. I will admit he carries the movie. Like this movie would not work without him. And yeah, the, 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 the basketball game, it makes no sense. But they do, from the very beginning, lay out the groundwork that, hey, the fundamentals don't fucking matter here. Uh, you better do some style points and fast. And we had we had some glimpses, but yeah, the 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 original game in the original movie is better on a technical level. What they what they all do in that compared to this. Yeah, you can understand how it's played. But here, I don't I don't <laughs> mind that. I I enjoyed what I saw, and I would say most children will enjoy this, and most adults are the ones who don't like immediately roll their eyes at the trailer. Might just have a fun time with them too. So that being said, I would probably give this mm, seven out of ten. Shit, how many teams has LeBron left? <laughs> <laughs> Two technically. Just he did one of them twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that. I think leaving it at that's actually the better rating. Well, how many teams has he left? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's that's better as it is right there. 